When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This spring, I've been able to think some and be able to kind of formulate what I want to do going forward. And I think that is to become a more physical guy, I guess, more aggressive receiver. And that that kind of looks like putting on weight and then good weight, right? So I want to gain speed and strength. I mean, the guy doesn't stop. If you're eating lunch with him, he's going to take the salt shaker and the pepper and the ketchup, and he's going to show you a plate out of that. The sweet and low may be running back. The receiver's probably going to be some lemon or something. This guy loves and breathes football. And welcome in. It's the All-22. Going to spend some time, as you heard, with the wide receiving core this week. Of course, the guy who leads it up, Trooper Taylor, and one of his standouts returning, one of the older guys, going to be a junior this year, in Jake Bobo. I'm David Shumate, joined alongside, as always, by Dave Harding. Dave, what's up? Hello, David. Great to see you and talk to you again. Things going well here. Great to see the sun again. It's been a rainy week uh, okay. here in Durham. We need to get the sun out, dry things out. We're going back on the links anytime soon. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like, were you building your ark for a, a portion <laughs> of that? It just did not stop, but uh, should be some nice weather for getting back outside, checking on my yard, and just getting back to normal. Hope you guys are enjoying. Hopefully for most of you guys, it's a long weekend, Memorial Day weekend, a chance to get the unofficial uh, kickstart to summer. Not officially summer for a few more weeks, but it feels like it's going to be a little warmer this weekend as the weather turns to summer uh, here in North Carolina, which means we're getting closer to the start of the football season. And I think one of the interesting things, we're going to talk a lot about this uh, with Trooper Taylor this year on the offensive side of the football, is going to be how this receiving core gels with whoever uh, becomes the starting quarterback. I think, uh, you know, David Cutcliffe for years has liked to run the football. I, I think a lot of people think of him as the quarterback guru, and, and rightfully so with the guys that he sent um, to the NFL. But, Dave, we had a ton of conversations with him, and, and he's a firm believer that everything you're doing through the air 
um, starts on the ground. And in that respect, Duke feels like they're in pretty good shape. There's some questions about the depth, but, you know, guys like Deion Jackson and Mateo Durant. But if you pivot and look at this receiving core, some really talented youngsters coming back, but, but maybe a group as a whole that has something to prove this year. I think without a doubt that that is the case. And, uh, you know, I think especially when you consider the fluid quarterback situation that the Blue Devils have, and as you referenced, not necessarily having the time to work through some of the chemistry aspects of the game during the offseason that you would normally have. These guys on the, in the wide receiver room uh, have a lot to prove in the sense that, A, they're, they're talented enough to compete against ACC caliber competition, uh, but then also that uh, not just compete, but that they're able to make an impact on the game. And we saw flashes of that a season ago with some of the youngsters that came in and showed, okay, th- they do have what it takes. But it's a it's now a matter, I think, of building on that, um, adding some consistency to that. And when you when you pair the added level of experience from a lot of the players that that got some good playing time a season ago with another year with Trooper Taylor as their wide receivers coach, I think you, you've got all the necessary things in place to have a really successful unit, regardless of who the quarterback is. And honestly, regardless of whether or not they were able to have the optimal amount of off-season work throwing the ball during uh, during certain drills. You mentioned Trooper Taylor. He heads up that group, the, the continuity they're going to have this year. Of course, he played back at Baylor, was a defensive back when, during his playing career but has had several stops across the country in his coaching career, obviously won a national title uh, when he was a member of the Auburn staff, joined this staff, the current staff, uh, in January of 2019, the assistant head coach and overseeing the wide receiver group. And one of the things I love about going to practice and seeing all the different coaches is you get to see their different personalities. And Taylor is so familiar with that backwards hat and the towel that he's always got on and the tremendous personal story uh, that goes with it. But in terms of guys that remind you of David Cutcliffe, for me anyway, he's probably the closest to it. Some of the phrasing they use, the, the concepts they have, how much motivation sometimes outweighs scheme when, when they're talking to the guys. Yeah, I think kind of what you're referencing is a really unique ability to communicate. And as a coach, you've got to be able to relate to the players. And David Cutcliffe does a great job of that. Um, you know, you think about the elite coaches across – college football or coaching in general, you know, Mike Krzyzewski is very, very good at relating and, and, and adapting to the new trends of players across generations. And when you look at a, a guy and a coach like Trooper Taylor, he's got that same uh, ability and he's, he can communicate and relate to us on an interview, as you guys will hear. Uh, he's a great relationship builder on the recruiting trail and has good relationships with the likes of Cam Newton. Uh, it, it doesn't matter who it is. He's got an ability to find common denominator and connect with that person. And it's more importantly, a sincere relationship and he really cares. And so when, when you're out on the practice field, we watch him all the time when he's giving some of his direction it's uh, it's really easy for the guys to pick up what he wants, what he expects. If he is a little bit tougher, sometimes they know that it's coming from a good place. And a man that's willing to practice what he preaches, not just in his coaching life, but in his personal life as well. We were catching up with him. Uh, he was actually out in the great state of Arkansas. His daughter, Star Taylor, just wrapped up her senior season as a member of the women's basketball team. And just like every father across the country, when the college year wraps up, you got to help him get back home. 
Absolutely. My daughter has let me know that I am a husband, I am a father, <laughs> then a coach <laughs> in that order. So, uh, yeah, we're actually uh, here in Jonesboro today, and uh, we're moving my daughter out. This was her senior year in basketball, and so uh, she's actually coming back to uh, to Durham with us, and so we're excited about that. But we had to come and get all her stuff and put it in a U-Haul, so I'm going to work. There's nothing like – you can work out. You know, we talk about getting into football shape, but one of the best workouts – is going out and moving somebody. I know you've been in the weight room a little bit with your two pound weights, but this is this will really get you. There was no honey buns, but there was some Krispy Kreme this morning. <laughs> she knows how to bait her father. That's definitely without a doubt. But uh, it's a reason why they got U-Haul on that side of that truck. And I just figured it out <laughs> because you do all the hauling. They named it appropriately. But uh, we're definitely getting it done. And we got a 12-hour drive back, back to the motherland, back to Durham. No doubt. Coach, I, I know, you know you're a family man first and foremost. And um, obviously, the, the challenges with all the, the social distancing and the different protocols due to the coronavirus have been tough. But... One of the silver linings, I mean, you probably wouldn't be with your daughter right now. Uh, what's it been like having some more contact with uh, your family, some more at-home time? Has that been uh, a, a big positive for you? I know at one point you had an extra dog or two in the house. <laughs> Absolutely. It really has been great. You know, I always look at it. God has a plan and a purpose for all that he does. And uh, giving us the opportunity to spend the quality time with all, all of our families because you think about this, there's not many times in the history of this country where everything was slowed down at once. And, you know, obviously there's, there's some bad deals that came out of this. We don't want anybody to be sick or dying, but the silver lining to it is people are able to bond with their families and spend some quality time. And you look at all the things that have come up with all the different inventions with cell phones and with how, how mobile they are. And you, all they did was allow you to distance yourself further from your family. So it's ironic to hear the word social distance, which means put you back with your family to me. And so, uh, but but those things have been good and having the, the quality time, my son flew up and uh, for Mother's Day and uh, it even affected him. He took the last flight out of Nashville. As we know, he's working with the Titans. So he took the last flight out of Nashville. So it was only him and he said 11 people on the plane. And he said there were 200 some wow. seats. So he said everybody had their own section to themselves. And uh, he took a direct flight, so he wouldn't have to go through a bunch of airports. And then we picked him up, so he was able to surprise his mom for Mother's Day. But I thought that was great. And then we had an opportunity to uh, do something that we would have never got to do with the team, with, which we got all the moms and the players on, uh, on a Zoom meeting on Mother's Day. And uh, all the coaches and their wives and, and their moms and, and everybody were together at the same time. And we just you know, kind of gave a, a deal to them, just tell them how special they were. And uh, I never would have got to see everybody's moms uh, like I did that day. And then I thought it was great. And we just really wanted to tell the moms how much we love and appreciate them. It was amazing. They wanted more than one day, which I wasn't mad at them. I think they deserve 365 days. <laughs> I'm good with that. Well, so that's a smart man right there. Uh, Coach, you know, so often we're like, when we talk football, we're talking tactics, game plan, looking at the opponent and, and things like that. And we're going to chew on a little bit of that here in just a second. But your personal story is so powerful, and, and we, we talk about mentoring these young men and, and getting them ready uh, for life. And I think in a time like this, it's so easy to focus on what you don't have, uh, whether that's the ability to go to a restaurant or, or go out on a practice field and, and get together um, with your team. How much of your message uh, with your group in particular, but also with the team as a whole, ha has been on focusing You know what you do have? I know that's so important to you and kind of how you've built your life. Absolutely, and, and it's amazing how – sports especially football correlate to life you know you think about we talk to our kids about sudden change all the time 
and the people who make that adjustment the best in a sudden change are the teams that win. The, you know, and we use those same things as, as David will tell you, the team that makes the fewest mistakes is going to win. And what we talk to our guys about is just about making good choices and understanding what the impact can be to not only to yourself, but to your loved ones, to a, a grandparent or to uh, your little brother or sister, because you're not following the rules uh, as far as social distancing doing things. Because, you know, the young people, they think, you know, that they're undefeated on everything. And uh, but I thought we did a really good job of talking to them about really how you do anything is how you do everything. And if you don't get up in the morning and make your bed, you don't think the rest of your day is going to be, you know, out of whack. It, it is. And so uh, those are the things that we're able to harp on. And then to hear and talk to them individually with their families and then as a group and then even smaller into uh, position groups has been really great because, you know, especially as a new coach that's only been here a year to be able to really know their families and, and, and not just the guys that I'm recruiting, but guys that are already on the team. That's been really special. And I've enjoyed every bit of that. Uh, so, but just to make them understand that it's not following the river that, that gets you. It stands submerged under the water that gets you. And, and right now, a lot of people don't understand that you letting the water drown you. Stand up, swim, find a way, but adjust and adapt. And so our guys have been able to do that. I was really proud of how their grades turned out with, you know, having to learn on, online as opposed to sitting in a classroom. But we weren't going to let anything become an excuse for us. No different in the game. You adapt and you adjust. And uh, I was really excited the way our guys did. I had guys that are in this business that said that they had a team meeting with their team on a, on a Zoom and about 30% of the team wasn't on there. Guys, we didn't have we didn't have any of that, any of that. We had, the only guys that weren't in our Zoom meetings were guys that had classes and they communicated that ahead of time. That coach, I'm going to be in a class at this time, so I won't be able to be on that Zoom meeting. But I can't tell you how many of my friends in this business said, man, good luck. We can't get our kids all at the same time because they're away from campus. So we don't have to be hands-on to our guys to understand that they're Duke men and they understand the standard no matter where you are. And you guys have heard me say this a lot. You never let your circumstances change your standard. You let your standard change your circumstance. And this is no other different than anything else. Coach, you know, you mentioned having been here a year and, and building some of the relationships, obviously, uh, a huge perk. I, I can't imagine having transitioned into a new school. Like we have a few coaches now and trying to do all this uh, in the midst of all this adversity. But when you look at your position group and, and the different personalities that you have in the wide receiver room, I mean, I, I get a smile on my face instantly when I think about guys like Jake Bobo, Jalen Calhoun, Eli Pankle, Daryl Hart. I mean, you, you just yeah. keep going down the list. What now uh, is one of the one or two of the bigger things that you've learned about your group, um, having had them for a year and being able to have developed a lot of those relationships? You know, I think the biggest thing is trust. I think it took them a, a little bit to trust me because it's easy for a guy to come in there and change your last name to Taylor and tell you all these standards and tell you all these, you know, Taylor Bill of Rights, got to be on time, got to do all these things and not have a relationship with you. But what they understood was I wasn't going to lower the bar. And that's the biggest thing that I think has been really good is the acceptance. They accepted me as theirs. I mean, when I had a deal for them to come over to eat at the house and they all were there. Uh, you know, Thanksgiving, they came with their families and we got to spend time together as a group and as a family. And so those things have been really good to see that, you know, it, it, it's he, easy to say that word, but to really feel it. And, and those guys really trust me. But I think the drills and some of the things that we've done and, and they had success 
from it and they've seen guys like I had like Des Bryant and like that in the past that they understood that part of it and that um, I wasn't going to tell them something that wasn't going to benefit them uh, as a player or a person and they also know this they know I'm not going to apologize for being a Christian we're going to pray and we're going to do the things that we do as a family and we're not going to love family in slices and we're going to take each one of them as they are because each one of them brings something to the table but I think what they saw is opposed to having a competition where I'm not going to tell my fellow receiver the correct answer because I want to beat him out they went to that's my brother or my little brother or my you know my family member and when he's successful we're successful otherwise you don't have a Jalen Calhoun who comes in and lights it up as a true freshman like he did if you don't have Jake Bobo and, and those guys, Dennis Scott and some of those guys talking to him, you know, they, we, we, with, with those guys helping those guys make that transition and, and, and ex- accepting them, you know, people look at Dennis and, and we call him Smitty, but he has a lot of talent. But I'm telling you, he's one of the glues to that room. They all love him. I love him. And he's got that solid but funny personality that holds everybody together. He wouldn't be the first one that jumps out of your mouth when you think about it. But when you come in our room, they all gravitate towards Smitty him and Damon. And so it's really great to see those guys work together like that and become a close unit where there's not one jealous of the next. And, and, and here's the thing. I learned a long time ago, fellas, it's amazing what can be accomplished when nobody cares who gets the credit. When everybody's seeking me or he or they, we, I don't care. I tell them the first day in our room, fear don't live here. If you're afraid you're in the wrong room, you need to go check with somebody else because we're not going to be afraid in this room. And then second, how you do anything is how you do everything. And so we're going to make sure that we hold that standard every time we walk between those lines. And and you guys know, one messes up in my room, they all get punished. So they're not going to tell him wrong because if he runs the wrong route, they all ran the wrong route. So that's how we do it. That's how mama did it at my house. When some got broke, she got us all. And guess what they did to me when she went to work? The mother 15 got me again. So I made sure I didn't make that mistake. And so it's the same way, but I don't want our guys to be divided. You know that as a family. And guys, y'all think about this. How many teams in the country are using that word family? If it's not, if it's just a word and it's not something that you live and it actually starts at the very top with your head coach and, and down, uh, it, if you're giving it just lip service, it doesn't take long to show up. So I'm excited. We got a bunch of talented guys. The problem we got is there's only one ball and that's the problem. <laughs> I, I'm going to need y'all's help with getting some more out there because we have a really good group and where they're learning now, fellas, is I don't want to drop off. You remember how, uh, not by any means am I trying to say they're the dream team, but you remember how they did, Chuck Daly did the dream team. If you watch the Jordan deal, he rotated five. And then the next five, no matter what the score, what the deal, they just sent the next group out there. And, and that's how you did it. And so I want to get to that point to where I can just say, no matter who's out there, the level of, of intensity and play and production doesn't drop off. That's when you get a great team is when your first group is as good or better than your second group. And that competition helps us all. So. You talk about that, and to me it's interesting. I feel like a part of that gelling is is each guy kind of brings a unique skill set to the table and and finds a way to contribute, whether it's Calhoun and that short space quickness or or Damon being able to take the top off of a defense or uh, Eli, one of those guys that just seems to know how to get to the end zone. Is that something you develop in camp and practice, or is that something you see on the recruiting trail that you're like, okay, this is my guy who who does X, Y, or Z? It's a mentality, but we, we actually recruit to that. We look at a guy, and if he can only play one position, you know, uh, where he was just the outside guy, or like Calhoun played quarterback, played running back, Pankle did the same thing there, all those guys. So you look at their skill set. But I think as a coach, it's my responsibility 
to put them in a position to be successful. If you put a square in a circle, you got no chance. Mm -hmm. And so I'm not going to ask Eli to uh, go out and, and do something that I'm asking Bobo to do. Their body types are different. They're, they're, the whole thing is different. So I think that's what makes it fun, though, is because I got all those toys and I get a chance to figure out how to get them to function at the highest level that they can. And then it also keeps guys from being double teamed. You know, if they can double a guy and take him out of the game because the rest of your guys aren't productive, then you're in trouble. And you'll see a lot of people don't throw a lot of balls to the, the widest receiver to the field, but not us. We're going to find a way to get him touches because Damon can fly. And, uh, and that makes a difference. I'm a better coach when I got better players, fellas. And that's the key for me. I'm going to get those guys that make plays and then try to put them in that position. What you can't do is have guys that are stuck in one spot and they can't do several things. Then they limit you into what you can do as a coach and as a team. But I think it's really important to take advantage of their abilities. How do you work through building chemistry with a lack of maybe practices? You know, these guys aren't going out and doing seven on seven or uh, routes first air with their quarterbacks like they normally would. And then, you know, you throw in a, another dynamic with Chase Bryce transferring in and, you know, who knows what happens with the quarterback situation. But what are you telling your guys from a be ready standpoint and an ability to come in and, and be playing at a high level once this you know, situation with coronavirus subsides? Absolutely. And, and here's what I tell them. First of all, we got the best head coach and quarterback guru in the country. We got NFL teams that are asking him how to fix their guys. So a quarterback being an issue, I don't see that being a problem. And I tell our guys, what we're not going to do is be the weakest link. So the biggest deal for us is the things that we have taught them fundamentally and instilled in them um, during the, the spring that we the short one that we had, but the time that we had even during the season with them, those are fundamentals like riding a bike. Once you learn, you should be able to bring those back. The big deal for us, and, and it's going to be across the country, is which team is going to come back in the best condition, you know, especially at wideouts. I tell mine, you got to run till your food dies. That's how long you got to be able to run at the end of the day. Short, quick breaths. I don't have time for you to be tapping out. There's one that won't do it. There's no better than one that can't do it. So you better be in shape. I don't care if you swim, ride a bike, run heels. When we say go, you better not be last because at the end of the day, that's what I'm going to judge on because if you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. So the conditioning part, because I can teach them the routes and, and the timing as far as them and the quarterback, there is no substitute for them throwing and catching with each other. But if they can only do one rep, that's less throwing and catching that they can do. So to be in condition is number one. And other one, other side of it too is health. I don't want anybody, you know, falling out because they weren't in great condition and you're not going to be able to change the dial on that. So it's imperative for them to uh, stick to coach Durfee's workouts and to do the things that they need to do. And, and, and again, if I have to be standing over your shoulder to do that, then the goals and the things that you wrote down aren't for real. You got to have a why. If you don't have a why that's bigger than your why not, I can promise you, you'll be laying on that couch doing that workout that I was doing with them oatmeal pies and that two pound weight. But my why is a little bit different. I don't have to run score. I just got to blow a whistle. I, I like, do that I like your workout. Yeah. That, that's <laughs> my more my speed. Works. If you just add a little red Kool-Aid to it at the top of <laughs> it, get that Gatorade out of here, all that extra, get you some red Kool-Aid. It works, my friend. But that's the deal. They got to love what they're doing and they got to have a passion and a why for it. Because if you're standing over your guys, that that that's like me telling my dog, whoa, not sick. 
You know, I'd rather slow him down than speed him up. So, and I have confidence in those guys that they do it, but I don't babysit and say, look, let me see how many times you worked out or show me this video. What we have done is I have partnered them up with each other in the room. So two guys work out at the same time and they have accountability to each other because it's always easy to do something because uh, you have somebody else along with you. Uh, even in my spiritual work, I have accountability part. So it's the same thing there. And the other side of it, everybody's schedule is different, guys. Like, Damon working. So he can't work out the same time as Bobo, who's in summer school. So I had to match guys up based off time and central time. You know, I've got two guys in Nashville that are working out different than two guys in Florida, you know, so, but we matched it up as best that we could. And they're holding each other accountable that way because it's really their team. And, and, but I have complete faith in these guys. And you know why is because I saw how they worked when they were here and I don't want anything to change, but the address. I really feel like if they, you know, all they needed was facilities and opportunity to go do it. So, so I, I feel good about it, but we'll find out when they get back, you'll know, you go by that training room and they got IVs in them. You'll know that they didn't do what I had them to do. <laughs> Uh, coaches, as we start to wrap this up, you and I have talked before. You wouldn't be at Duke if it wasn't for, for David Cutcliffe. And, of course, that's one of the, the biggest things going into this season is he's taken over the play calling on the offensive side of the football. Of course, he's always had his fingerprints in, in terms of what's been going on on the offensive side of things. But to the degree you can share, uh, what sort of impact do you think that's going to have uh, for the coming year? You know, I think people are going to see that um, – the, the things, the identity plays of who we were and, and, and what we do. And it, it's almost a, uh, a deal where, look, we're going to do this. And whether you like it or not, you're going to have to stop it. And uh, that was the same mentality. And, and it looks good. And, you know, it's not going to be a hurry up, lined up, do that. It's going to be a more detailed, uh, um, I'm going run the power right here. Or I'm going to run zone right here. I'm going to identity plays that you'll be able to recognize and see. And uh, I think our team will rally around that. It'll allow linemen to be more physical and come off the ball and do some things as opposed to uh, what we've done a little bit less in the past. But uh, I just, I know him, his offense takes his mentality. And if you know Coach Cut, man, you'd rather go bear hunting with a switch than fight that dude. I'm just telling you, <laughs> you'd be better off because <laughs> uh, he's going to find a way to win. And, and it's infectious. Uh, I, I was on a Zoom meeting with some coaches and they were all asking me, and I, about Coach Cut, and I told him the one thing that amazes me is you would swear he was 22 years old in that. I mean, the guy doesn't stop. If you're eating lunch with him, he's going to take the salt shaker and the pepper and the damn ketchup, and he's going to show you a plate all out of that. The sweet and low may be running back. The receiver probably going to be some lemon or something, but he's going to run a play, and you just want to eat your sandwich. You just spent four hours with him already, and now you just want to eat your sandwich, and it's not happening, guys. This guy loves and breathes football. I am telling you. And so that impact, and I, I tell guys all the time, he's always trying to improve his craft. He doesn't let his ego get in the way of, hey, I did it this way, and this is the only way it's going to be done. He is open-minded. Now, he gets the final say-so on it, but at the end of the day, he opened his mind up to new ideas uh, from different coaches from different backgrounds to be able to add to our offense or defense that way. And then think about how many guys would pay money to hear what he's doing on a daily basis. And I only get to sit in there like a sponge and take it in for free. Actually, I get paid, never mind. <laughs> so so that's even better. Cause you know me now, Dave, if it's free, I take three, no matter what. <laughs> so that, that ain't changed either, my friend. So, but it is a pleasure and you guys will see, he'll definitely have his mark on it. You'll see the identity plays that I'm talking about, the physicality and the idea of 
I don't know if you guys watched the old movie, Billy Jack. I'm going to take that foot and put it on that side of your face and there's nothing you can do about it. I know I just aged myself right there. But for all for all the uh, wiser elderly folks, they'll know what I'm talking about. <laughs> so, but uh, that's the mentality, man. You got to love that as a player that he, he's not, I don't care who's over there on the other side of the ball, they better bite down on that chin trap and that mouthpiece because we're coming. I want to know where you get all these sayings. I mean, <laughs> rather go bear hunting with a switch and all these different things. I, we need to uh, get on the Trooper Taylor uh, metaphor plan, Shoemaker, because think about how descriptive our broadcast is. I've got like 17 of them written down so far. Yeah. Well, my, my players all call them troopisms. I don't even know what that means, but I just know they better follow them at yeah. the end of the day. But I think it comes from having so many brothers and sisters and not enough toys. So we had to come up with some things. So, but uh, I definitely appreciate it. You know what I try to do? I try to keep things simple, but I also want to keep reminding everybody, it is a game. If you're not going to have fun, the day I don't have fun doing it, I promise you I'm walking away. I enjoy it. I love it. And I, I hope it's contagious and then spreads throughout the team because I want those guys and I want our fans and our former players and everybody that's associated with you to enjoy the team and us and, and, and the season. So those things are very important to me. Well, Coach, we appreciate it. Safe travels back home. Uh, good luck with the U-Haul. Yeah. I know if it wasn't social distance, you guys would be over to help me unload. I, oh, I know. Oh, there's no but question. I, it, it, I get it. I understand. It says U-Haul, not David Hall. So I, <laughs> I tell you what, I do appreciate it. Hey, but I do want to say again, hats off to all the heroes that are out there doing this time, guys. You, you guys know from working in the grocery stores to the people in the hospitals and nurses and things, guys. It, it, we have fun doing a job that we do, and, and, and these people put their lives on the line on a daily basis. And I can't tell you how much from the Duke University as a family and as an organization that we really appreciate that. And uh, we're going to all do our part. I'm going to wear my mask. I'm going to social distance. I'm going to follow the rules to the detail so that we can have not just college football and sports back in this country, but get our economy going back as well, too. So I love you guys. Appreciate y'all, man. You have a blessed day. And we certainly echo uh, the coach's sentiments, thinking about all the, the first responders that are out there and those on the front lines as we battle uh, COVID-19, all the people in the hospitals, all the nurses, the doctors, everybody out there. Yes, we're all having to go through some things, quarantining and, and staying at home, but, Dave, they're doing the heavy lifting. Without a doubt. And I think their impacts are obviously you see them now, but really the work that they've done and the extent of, of the assistance that they have provided to our society and our communities is yet to be seen. Their ongoing support, their ongoing work. And honestly, it goes all the way into those essential workers and people like we talked about at the grocery stores and beyond keeping things up and running. Uh, when so much else was shut down. Uh, true heroes, and we, we have to appreciate them, and there's uh, no real amount of words that can describe how appreciative we are. Well, we've talked to the guy who oversees the group of wide receivers. We're going to talk personnel here in just a second. But before we do, I want to tell you about one of our sponsors, Overby Marine. They've got three locations in Youngsville, Kittrell, and Lake Gaston, offering the highest quality marine products and services from all the top brands, Sea Ray, Centurion, Avalon, Bennington, as well as C Pro Center consoles, give you the phone number 252-586-3593. You can also check them out online, overbmarine.com. Overbmarine, don't let the adventure pass you by. We talked about the rain earlier this week. You didn't have to go to the lake. You could just walk right outside, put yeah. the boat in, and float on down the street. I tell you, when you do call Overby Marine, the next call that you have to do is, is to me. I, I'll send out my number. Whoever needs it, don't worry. I'll bring the sandwiches. I'll bring the snacks. Uh, I'll bring the masks as if, if it's required. And uh, 
we will make sure we have a good time. You're the expert, right? You, you just want to help everyone make sure they get off to a good start, a good relationship Nautical, with their new boat. You're right. Nautical safety is paramount. I will make sure that your fire extinguisher is in working order and you have all the proper personal flotation devices. Let's talk about this wide receiving group. Uh, we're going to visit with Jake Bobo specifically here in just a second. He's kind of had a, an odd kind of stop start to his career Duke, because of some injuries and, and some lack of playing time because of some older guys, um, but a really talented t- young man. But, but what do you make of this group as a whole? Jalen Calhoun obviously has that short space quickness that, that you love to see, can play out of the slot, can play out wide. And, and then we've seen in flashes a, a guy like Daryl Harding Jr., the, the speed that he has. Damon Filiaw Johnson has shown what he can do in the kick return game. You've got those threats over the top and um, haven't even mentioned the touchdown maker, Eli Pankle. What do you make of this group? Yeah, and those are just the guys that really had you know some good statistical backing last year, but it, it goes far beyond and into some of the people that redshirted a season ago. And um, I don't know, there's, there's a lot of excitement around this group. And when I think about them, I think, okay, you've got, you know, the, the, the long rangier players that are, are good and potential 50, 50 ball situations down in the red zone. You've got the quicker players a Jalen Calhoun's that are shifty, get around. You've got, like you mentioned, they take the top off a defense type player and Damon Filia Johnson, so many different skill sets. And what's really cool though, about this group, and I've talked to several of them offline, I've done a few you know, online type things where we, we do interviews. They are selfless and are really excited to see their teammates and their brothers succeed. And when you've got that in a group of players that are already talented, I think you've got a chance of, of getting something really special. And a lot of that goes back to their leader, Trooper Taylor, and, and what he's instilled with them. But I think a lot of it also goes to the fact that they like each other. They enjoy spending time with one another. And that goes a long way, not just socially and being able to relate to one another on the field, but when you like somebody, you're going to spend more time with them. And you're probably more willing to go catch balls with them or run routes or make sure that you're maintaining some level of accountability. So this is a group where because they like each other, because they get along so well, and you pair that with their talent, uh, they've got a, a really exciting season ahead. And we, you know, we visited a couple weeks ago with uh, Chris Rump II and, and talking about how he always plays the game with a smile. I think on the offensive side of the football, Jake Bobo kind of falls into that camp, a, a kid that just seems to love uh, playing football. We talked about kind of the stop and start nature. You look at his freshman year, 10 catches, 167 yards. Uh, the touchdown actually came in the bowl win uh, over Temple. But, you know, you had guys like TJ Ramming, Jonathan Lloyd, Chris Taylor who were taking – uh, the vast majority of the snaps. And and then last year it looked like he was poised to be at the front of the line, had an injury in preseason, missed the first several games, and had flashes here and there, has always shown the ability to make contested catches along the sideline. Um, but a guy I think the, the whole staff is hoping is going to take a major step forward this year. No doubt. And I think there's going to be a pretty good emphasis on getting the ball to Jake Bobo. Uh, he's one of the clear leaders in the wide receiver room and – you know, during our conversation with him and, and honestly, in talking with some other people around the program, a huge emphasis for him is, is getting a little bit more physical this year. And you'll hear that later on. But um, if he's able to really contend on the outside when he's, he's found more of his position, can become a specialist in creating separation on the edge and not let some of the, the larger corners in the ACC jam him at the line of scrimmage and, and, and kind of limit some of his mobility to go up and get the ball. But if he's able to separate 
and use his body and his frame to his advantage this season. Pair that with different wrinkles that David Cutcliffe is sure to to introduce into the offensive scheme. And, you know, a, a quarterback that will be a new starter regardless of who it is, but is bound to have been coached very well and certainly has the tools to to pass the ball down the field from a talent standpoint. I think you, you've got a, a really good outlook and it's a it's a positive outlook with what Jake Bobo can bring to this team. And you've got to target him right up there with, I think, about Noah Gray too. Um, another big body that can go up and be a great target for a quarterback. And while a number of us during quarantine are getting used to having a longer head of hair, so to speak, it's something that Jake's been dealing with uh, for quite some time, but it, it's even got a little long for him, although he was willing to help us out with some tips of, of how to manage things here during quarantine. Jake, I actually thought about you, you know, when all of the, the shutdowns started to happen, barber shops, the salons, I guess probably is what uh, you go to, it would be called, yeah. but uh, right. they got shut down. And I, I know the hair is an important element to it. And honestly, if I take my hat off, I'm working on some locks that might rival yours. No, but, that's uh, a no. <laughs> Yeah, what's what's the quarantine flow looking like and do you are you itching to get back to hairdresser or no? It's not good. Um right now, yes. I would say I'm definitely itching uh to get it cut. My mom doesn't love it. Um nobody really loves it. I don't like it. Um it's bad. It's bad right now. So yeah, I will uh I'll be first in line when those guys open back up. Well, let's dig into this. Harding, take take your hat off. If, as someone who's had longer hair, what sort of tips would you give to Harding if, if he's trying to grow this out to, to really get the true look he's going for? Well, it's not good right now, brother. <laughs> I have been wearing a hat. <laughs> I think, isn't it about like the rinse and repeat part? You just got to do it, like wash your hair three times and put conditioner in it? Well, the problem is with you is you're so long up top right now that you get nothing. <laughs> ah. You got nothing on the sides. Well... Uh, It'll come, though, in time. Give it time. Basically, what he's saying, David, is there's no hope for me. It's okay. (laughs) I I spent my entire college career trying to be as cool as a wide receiver, and I never reached that level, and I I quit trying. So, Jake, I give it to you. It's not all uh, what it looks like. I know it's a tough life, but uh, I was not cut out for that. So I'll let you have the the nice flow, spaggy lettuce, whatever you want to call it. And uh, I'll be over here with my too long on the top, short on the side. Yeah, you'll be all right. Try to save this and talk football for a second. You, uh, <laughs> Good luck. We were just talking to Trooper uh, a little bit about uh, what things uh, are going on with you guys and, and how much he's able to stay in touch. And he says he's been pairing guys up. Uh, curious, mm-hmm. who are you paired up with as like a, a workout accountability partner? Uh, I'm, I'm with Dennis Smith down in Gaffney, South Carolina, and we're too uh, – I don't know if I'd call us early birds, but as of right now, I have class, so I'm kind of forced to uh, get up early. So he's trying to match people either one in the same same time zone, uh, and then two people that you know people love working out, whether that's the evening, afternoon, and then I guess us two are in the morning, so it, it kind of worked out pretty well. What's a workout look like for you? I mean, how does the accountability happen? Are you guys FaceTiming one another after or mm-hmm. comparing we'll, numbers? We'll actually FaceTime um as it happens so we'll I'll, I'll call him and then kind of just set my phone down um and then you know kind of we both kind of go to work I guess and then at any point you can kind of just look over and I'll see him <laughs> doing what he does whether that's you know his in-home workouts or doing doing something with weights so I mean it sometimes depends uh we'll send you know photos back <laughs> 
back and forth after we get a workout in uh, conditioning wise. Um, but, but I, it, it kind of varies though, I guess, based on the, based on the day and then what we're doing. What's your home workout setup? I mean, you got a good gym or what? You got so I actually, gym? I have a, a buddy of mine that owns a gym. Um, and so he lets a few of us, a, a very few come in at kind of set time intervals during the day. So it's me and my, my little brother will actually get in there from seven to nine 30. And then, you know, of course we got to wipe everything down, make sure everything's cleaned off. And then the next two guys will come in. I'm not really sure how that works for the rest of the day. I just know that we're, we better be in and out from seven to nine 30. Cool. So much has yeah. changed in the last few months, but do you feel like to some extent, and this is probably a terrible way to put it, but have you settled into any sort of a routine of, of what the new normal is, at least in the short term? Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and I think that's something that we have to do as players and then as college students, right? So we have class every day or we had class. And I guess now of us, uh, some of us are taking class during the summer. Um, so that kind of forces you to get in a routine. And then as football players, we have to set a time to work out and to be able to get our bodies to a point or at least maintain our bodies so that, you know, if, if Cut were to call us tomorrow and say, look, we're, 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 we're going, get down here, uh, let's go, we would be able to do that. So, I mean, it kind of forces you to. And then, I mean, that kind of just helps day to day because of the uncertainty of these times. Being in a routine, I guess, kind of just helps you <laughs> not to be dramatic, but not maintain a sane <laughs> mental state, sure. uh, if anything else. There's a lot of talk about online classes, and honestly, I haven't heard many details about what it looks like. I just know everybody's doing a great job with it. But what I mean, can you walk us through what the dynamic is? Obviously, without going into a classroom, how do you maintain some sort of normalcy there? I mean, it's tough, man. <laughs> it's like a uh, a brutal. And no offense to the fine professors of Duke University, um, those guys have adapted and helped us in ways that you know we cannot have imagined, but it's tough because you're just listening to the professor, not even in person. Um, so there are distractions going on. I have two little brothers up here. Um, so who knows what's going on downstairs or in the hallway outside as I'm in class. But I mean, it's tough to <laughs> focus your attention on a computer screen for hour and a half, two hours at a time. Um, but I mean, it's been good so far. The teachers have been huge and you know teaching assistants have been huge and kind of helping us and guiding us along because I think they know it was a little bit of a uh, struggle for that shift to happen um, but I mean they've been great so far. So I want to talk about kind of the arc of your career so far at Duke and I remember your first I think it was the first scrimmage that you were ever in preseason camp a couple of years ago it's normally the ones versus the twos offensive and defensive and you're always looking for different guys and who's going to pop and things like this. And here's this freshman that's making these 40-yard catches along the sideline uh, against the one defense. And everyone's going, who is this kid? And, and where did he come from? Do you remember that, that, that specific scrimmage where you kind of popped off the page? Oh, absolutely. Um, that was, yeah, that was a good time for me. Uh, just being a guy who had kind of just gotten on campus and, you know, trying to prove myself. So, I mean, that was big for me coming in, just being able to kind of settle down um, and kind of convince myself, uh, as a lot of us try to do, that, you know, I, I belong here, I can play here, and I, I can eventually, hopefully, excel here. You've had pretty good success as a Blue Devil so far. I'm curious where you want to get your game headed. You know, obviously being robbed of some spring football practices doesn't help that, but 
what do you hope this next season holds for you? And um, obviously you've got a, a great frame, really athletic, but what kind of receiver do you uh, strive to be on a down by down basis? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's been tough moving around kind of from the slot um, and then getting moved outside, just kind of be able to, to define kind of how I want to play and who yeah. I want to be as a receiver. Um, so it's been good. I mean, this spring, obviously not having spring practice hurt, but I've, I've been able to think some and be able to kind of formulate what I want to do going forward. And I think that is to become a more physical guy. I've struggled in the past, you know, my first two years down at Durham um, being, you know, I'm, yes, I'm six, four, but at, you know, 190, 195 pounds, sometimes I'd, I'd have a hard time uh, separating from DBs, not because my speed lacks, but because I was almost getting, I guess you could say manhandled at the line of scrimmage. Yeah. Jammed up. The so line. yeah. I mean, and that's kind of always been a struggle for me as a player, right. Even in high school. Um, so becoming a stronger, I guess, more aggressive receiver. And that, that kind of looks like, you know, putting on weight and then good weight. Right. So I want to gain speed and strength through that weight. Um, so that's kind of been my goal since getting back home. And I mean, it's something that I've, I think I've done a pretty good job of so far. And then something that I'm, I'm definitely look to, looking to see on the field. You're talking about winning those battles at the line of scrimmage. What sort of things go into that? Well, I mean, for, for me, it's a lot of hands, right? So being physical with my upper body, because I do lack some of the foot speed and some of the, um, I guess, quickness that some of the other guys have. So for me, that I've, I've, that's got to be my my best trait as a wide receiver is my strength and being able to kind of just push guys off at the line of scrimmage because I'm not going to run by them, right? So that's kind of something that I've I've wanted to work on and, and, and have been working on. How much is there, and there's a lot of talk about chemistry, right, in, in the game of football, but for a wide receiver, there are fundamentals. There are the things that you're talking about, getting off of, of press coverage and, and creating separation, but how important is it to have good chemistry with the quarterback? Like how much does it vary between having quarterback A in there versus quarterback B when it comes to live game reps? It always helps knowing where, where your quarterback's going to put the ball. Right. So we knew last year that, that Q loved those back shoulders. And so, I mean, and we saw that some in the North Carolina game where we would almost try to game plan for the back shoulder because we knew there was no back shoulder throw that Q couldn't make. And so I think it's it's not as much of the 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 relationship uh, aspect. I think it's just knowing and being able to to get reps with a quarterback as a receiver that's so important, right? So I mean, we're and we're losing that some of that right now. So just whether that's going out on, on you know, Saturday mornings and, and throwing with Q last year or if it was, you know, Gunner and, and Chris this spring or, or this winter, um, that's big because we're, we're, we're continuously getting to know each other, right? Because, you know, I may not have gotten as much reps with Chris. And so getting reps with him will, you will see that play out in the game or in practice or wherever. I mean, and that's big for, for any, any wide receiver and QB as, you know, as you often hear. It's interesting. You talk about kind of some of the tricks of the trade you're going through in, in your first couple of years. You know, you had those three seniors you were working with your freshman year, you know, TJ, Jonathan, 
uh, and Chris Taylor, and then, and then last year, Aaron and, and Scott Bracey. And now you get into this spring ball and you look around, and we're talking with Chris Katrinik about this uh, a couple episodes ago. You're the old man in the room, or at least one of them. <laughs> uh, has it hit you yet? You're, you're an upperclassman now? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely weird. I still feel like a, a youngin, as they say. But I mean, that's I guess that's just kind of how that goes, right? <laughs> you grow, people people leave, people graduate. And I guess that's something that I got to I gotta grow into as a, um, I guess, an older guy in that room. Um, Damon, uh, myself, Dennis, Jarrett, um, you know, we've, we've got to work on, you know, becoming, you know, full, more, I guess, formidable leaders. Um, Cause that's, that's, I mean, as you said, that's something that we haven't had to do before because we've always had guys that, you know, we could look to whether that was TJ Reming or, or Aaron Young last year. Um, so, I mean, it's, I don't know if it's hit me yet, um, but I know it's definitely something that I'm going to have to do um, and we'll, you know, happily do so. We talked a little bit uh, about, the dynamics in your wide receiver room with coach Taylor and, uh, and the way that he always does, he dished out a ton of trooperisms. Uh-huh. Oh, absolutely. What, what are some of your favorites? Mm-hmm. Oh, all the time, all the time. Um, whether that's, you know, him just quizzing us on a daily basis, you know, what's the most important, you know, word in our room, which is communication. Um, what's the most important part of the catch last six inches? Uh, how do you beat a DB? You beat him by kind of manipulating his eyes and his feet. Um, and, and just, I, I, as you said, him grilling that into our brains to a point where we can just spit it out, you know, on a mo- moment's notice um, has been big for us in that room because we've been able to communicate in such an efficient way, in a way that, you know, we're so familiar with him and how he teaches and then we start using that language as well. So it helps us, I guess, grow with each other and then with Coach Troop. Um, that, I think, is unique to our room. You know, you, you think about it. He's obviously going to be here this fall, but it'll be the first time in your tenure that you had that continuity over the course of an offseason. Mm-hmm. How big will that be for, for this wide receiver group going into the fall? That'll be, it'll be huge, especially how young we are. Um, and, we, you know, we've kind of been saying that the last couple seasons, with the exception of, of – 2018 with with TJ and, and and Jay Lloyd and those guys but it'll be it'll be big because like I said we know how he's going to coach us we know what he expects and that's something where whenever we do get back on the field we can just hit the ground running because we're not having to learn that and be able to you know kind of process and see what he's trying to tell us where we already know we already know how he's going to critique our routes here we already know how he's going to look at our blocking um so i mean it'll definitely be easier it'll definitely help as we wrap this up i want to do a little word association because i feel like the players have a good feel for guys around the program and i want the first word that comes to your mind we're going to go through some teammates some different guys and we'll start with a softball give give me a a, the first word that comes to your mind when you think of Jalen calhoun speed that's good and that's probably just something because i'm jealous of that aspect of his game (laughs) but yeah man the kid can run the kid can run he can catch he can throw. But, yeah, this, his speed is definitely something that will separate him in the way that he can control his speed, right? So he's just he's not just running as fast as he can. He's going to run a, a slant at a speed where it's fast, um, but he's going to be able to catch the ball and get upfield uh, quicker than, than you expected him to. Now about, what about Haps Arzer? <laughs> Magician. Magician. Just some of the stuff he does in there with guys' injuries. I'm right busted my ankle in that UNC game my freshman year and and was able to you know be active for the for the Clemson game the next week. Hab Zarzer of course is is the lead trainer for the team. Dave you got a word that pops into your mind when you think of Hap? I think magician is perfect. Uh, (laughs) That and hilarious. Yeah Um, that too. too. He's got a great sense of humor although as long as it's him talking about somebody else whenever you're the butt of his jokes it's 
it's not good. Give me something for Coach Cut. I don't want to be cliche, but I would I would definitely say wisdom and not necessarily for the I mean the knowledge that he brings to the table is kind of a given, but the the calmness of how he does it um and kind of <laughs> he does it in a way that, you know, is just you can see that he knows what he's talking about because he's been there um and he's experienced stuff like that before, which is definitely something that is, in my opinion, is unique to Cut and how he teaches. Cut's right-hand man, his chief of staff, is, is one of the favorites around the program. Kevin Lehman. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I mean this in the in the most respectful and um, I guess, yeah, the most respectful way possible, but almost like a team mom. Like he is, he's managing 105 young men. Oftentimes we're acting like children. So he has to almost play the role of the team mom, whether that's, you know, get your tail on the bus on time, dinner's ready, let's go get up here during camp. It's a it's a very interesting dynamic. Um, but I mean, at the same time, you know, he runs the show too. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, I mean, he he has to get a lot of ducks in a row, doesn't he? I mean, it's amazing. Jake, always fun to talk to you. I, I really hope we get to see you soon. And uh yeah. You just see some of that separation off the line. No doubt. No doubt. Thanks, guys. For sure. Appreciate, Appreciate it, man. You know, I've heard a lot of people describe Kevin Lehman. I, I don't think there's anything more appropriate than Team Mom. I think it's that little push-pull, whatever you want to call it, with the players. And Kevin, they all need him. They just maybe not want to admit it. Yeah, honestly, he's taking a risk a little bit by by talking about Kevin Lehman. I might have passed on that one. <laughs> but uh, because Kevin, uh, you know, just as much as he might be the Team Mom, you know how a mom can be. She can take care of you and make sure that you're good to go, but there can also be some tough love that comes along with that. And so Jake Bobo might get a dose of that. And by the way, Kevin Lehman determines where you sit on the airplane when you travel. It's always good to be nice to him because I've seen people end up in middle seats in between two offensive linemen, and that is never a good place to be. Jake, we're sorry. Just so you know, that that's kind of what's in your future. Harding just warned you. Yeah, or worst case, you get stuck between the radio crew, which is probably worse than two O-linemen. Uh, with that, let's pivot. Let's talk about barbecue. Why well, I am an inspiring offensive <laughs> lineman. Uh, one of our sponsors on the program, Mike D's Barbecue. The website is MikeDSBBQ.com, the official sauce and rub of Duke Athletics. Great offer going into Memorial Day weekend where most of us are firing up the grill, if not for the first time this spring, uh, maybe for the first handful of times. Uh, got a great offer. Buy one, get one 35% off. You can always get 15% off when you put the code DUKE in the offer code section. Dave, you firing up the grill this weekend, Memorial Day weekend? Absolutely. And if this is the first time that you fired up the grill, shame on you. Uh, grilling season is all the time and you just got to be willing to put in the effort to get out there. So I want to see people in gloves, uh, parkas, whatever it takes to get out there, even if it's cold so that you can use your Mike D's. And on that, we'd like to thank our guest, Trooper Taylor, and of course, Jake Bobo and give Dave a chance to get out to the grill. Hope you guys have a great Memorial Day weekend. We'll talk to you next week. Go Duke guys. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on the driver who treats the highway like a racetrack and the shoulder like a passing lane. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates Northbrook, Illinois.